0: Hi, Juliette here with a quick message before this episode starts. Everything you need to be more strategic amid the busyness of the school term is contained in the 170 plus episodes of this podcast. But sometimes you can get there a bit faster with some personalised help. I host a termly online workshop specifically designed to help the support staff within schools to make the shift from being reactive to strategic. Our next workshop is coming up soon. And we're going to be reflecting on how things have gone this academic year and strategising for the academic year to come so that you can confidently prioritise your workload, overcome the obstacles that are holding you back and redirect your time and focus onto your priorities. At the end of the session, I promise you're going to be feeling more energised, ready to hit the ground running with a clear plan of action. This Terms Workshop is going to be run on Thursday the 16th of May and you can find out more and book your place at www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash plan. I hope to see you there. Now let's launch into this episode. What I find frequently is that leadership teams and governors are so focused on that public facing strategic plan then a lot less thought might be given to the confidential elements of your strategy. Welcome to the Independent School Podcast. Thinking and acting strategically is the key to both securing the future of your school and helping to build a more equal and just world. My name's Juliette Corbett. I'm a consultant, speaker, and facilitator specializing in helping independent schools. In this podcast, I translate tried and tested strategy and fundraising techniques into a language that works for schools. So if you're a senior leader in a private school and you want your daily work to feel less exhausting and more strategic, and if you want once more to feel the joy of making the world a better place through education, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's get started on this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode all about maximising the benefits of your strategic plan. Now you might have heard me say before that I'm not a massive fan of strategic plans. They have a role to play. I do help schools to develop them and you probably need one but my feeling is that if we focus too much on the strategic plan we miss out on the benefits of being strategic, of the quality of strategic thinking. And I've often said in strategy away days, in a somewhat devil's advocate kind of tone of voice, that I don't really mind whether you end up with a strategic plan or not. What I really care about is the quality of the strategic thinking that's happening throughout your school. Now, that is a little bit devil's advocate. I do think there is a a role for the strategic plan to play. So what I'm going to be doing in this week's episode is talking you through two of the big limitations to strategic plans, two of the big benefits of strategic plans, and then finally thinking about how to maximise those benefits so that you continue to have a strategic plan, but you're using it for the right reasons and in the right way. I just want to pause for a moment to say thank you to you. The Independent School podcast has now passed its second birthday, published more than 100 episodes and has had over 6,000 listens. As the founder and host of this podcast, I've been really humbled by the number of people who have told me that it's really helped them from school heads who've rushed up to me at conferences and told me how it's been a real guide for them through tricky times, through to experienced directors of development who have said it reassures them that they're on the right track. So thank you for listening and for all your kind comments along the way. If this podcast is helping you then I invite you to join the 300 people who've asked to get my weekly emails. That way you'll hear about each episode as it's published as well as the special offers that I only tell people about when they're on my mailing list. So to get my weekly emails, you can go to www.consultjuliet.co.uk slash sign up. Okay, so we're going to start our little tour of the limitations and benefits of strategic plans by thinking about the limitations. Now, I want to be challenging our assumptions that we need a strategic plan, But don't despair. I am going to come to the conclusion that, yes, strategic plans are useful, but that we potentially need to be adapting how we're using them in our schools. So, first of all, the two big limitations of strategic plans. Now, I've seen both of these really, really occur frequently, and they can sometimes be so significant that they completely undermine the quality or the robustness of the strategy that you're actually delivering. Now the first of these limitations is that just by having a strategic plan which is going to be covering a three to five year period implies rigidity in your strategy. It implies that you're going to go through a process of developing the plan and then delivering the plan in two separate phases and at the end of the three or five year period we're then going to develop the next plan and then deliver the next plan. This implies a a rigid cycle of strategy development and implementation that just isn't appropriate, isn't really fit for purpose in a changing world. In that environment, what I sometimes see is that when school leadership teams or school governor boards want to change the strategy partway through that three to five year cycle for absolutely robust strategic reasons, they hesitate to change the plan because they worry that by making those changes it looks like an admission of failure. It looks like we have failed to deliver our strategic plan as it was therefore we're going to adjust it. Now this is a really unhelpful mindset to have. There are very good reasons why you might want to change your strategic plan during that three to five year period in which you're delivering it and so by having put a strategic plan out there, put a date on it as to when it's kind of going to take you to, which is normally the date that occurs in three to five years' time at the end of the plan, you are constraining yourself in a way that just isn't necessary and can then set you up to hesitate about making the changes that you really should be making to adjust that plan during that time period. And all of this basically boils down to the fact that you're downplaying the role of strategic thinking and that you're enhancing the role of planning and developing that plan and then delivering that plan. So if you think about the spectrum between planned strategy where you are very, very rigidly developing a plan, delivering the plan and emergent strategy where you're much more focused on the quality of the strategic thinking and you're being agile in the way that you're strategically navigating your marketplace, What you do is you end up, if you have a strategic plan, you end up naturally drifting towards the planned end of that spectrum between planned and emergent strategy. And all of this downplays strategic thinking as a skill set. Now, for me, if I had a choice between having a detailed strategic plan or having a culture of strategic thinking, I would bet on the latter every day. Single time. The culture of strategic thinking is so much more beneficial to any organisation, including a school, than a detailed strategic plan. So that's the first limitation of the strategic plan. It implies a rigidity which isn't necessarily helpful. The second limitation of a strategic plan is somewhat more focused on schools. Than other organisations, but I see play out very frequently. And that is the focus on the public strategic plan document, which is going to end up on your website and being sent to parents, prospective parents, alumni, staff, etc. etc. You're going to kind of put a public face on the strategic plan. Less thought might be given to the confidential elements of your strategy. But those are just as important and in some cases more important than the public facing strategic plan. So for example, you will have sitting alongside your public strategic plan document, a collection of documents, which I call a business plan, but it's not, it's not often a single document labeled business plan, but it's a collection of documents, which are strategies, which cover your income generation plans. So Uh, marketing, admissions, fee setting, et cetera, for your your student fee income stream, fundraising strategies, commercial letting strategies, strategies around international franchises of, of international schools. All of those diverse and as an aside note here, it really should be diverse income streams that you are relying on as a school. All of those make up part of the business plan. There's also going to be some thinking around the financial modelling, around the size and the shape of the school. So the overall student numbers, but also the number of pupils within each year group. The years that you're going to offer, you're going to expand that to maybe offer younger year groups moving into the nursery or the prep or pre-prep years. The facilities that you have on site, so your kind of facilities master plan. All of these documents come together to form a coherent business plan or they should come together to form a coherent business plan now none of that is public that's all confidential to different degrees some of that you would be sharing with staff some of that would be very confidential you know especially if you're thinking about mergers and acquisitions and so on but to sort varying degrees it's all confidential and that part of your strategy, is as important as the strategic plan document, which gets made public. Now, if we think for a moment about a for-profit company, they very rarely, if ever, would publish a document called strategic plan because they would be concerned rightly that their competitors would look at that and think oh okay we now know exactly what they're thinking we know what they're planning to do over the coming years we can then adjust our strategies to adapt and to compete effectively with that strategic plan that they've published it's very unusual and it really only happens in the not-for-profit public and school sectors where we have this inclination that we need to publish a strategic plan and that's right I'm not questioning that there's a element of transparency to the publishing the strategic plan but what i find is that the limitation of having a strategic plan in a school setting is that everybody focuses in on the pdf document or the printed document which says strategic plan on the front which is going to go to parents and people don't necessarily think about what's going to be happening internally with some degree of confidentiality around it. So those are the two big limitations that I see around strategic plans. Firstly, it implies rigidity. And secondly, it it focuses people's minds on the public element of the plan rather than the confidential element. Now, there are benefits to having a strategic plan. Firstly, it ensures that there is some agreement and some stability in the strategy, so having a document which summarises the strategic choices that you're going to be making as a school, and then requires some form of sign-off process through the leadership team and the governors and so on, gives a sense that there is now some agreement on what is going to be prioritised over the next three to five years, and there is sense therefore that this is going to offer some stability. One of the challenges, especially within fundraising teams, so development office teams that I, I see sometimes, is. If the strategy is changing too quickly, too frequently, and you're focusing on one thing one year and another thing another year, it doesn't give the stability that's required for effective fundraising. But this isn't just a fundraising challenge. Even if you're not fundraising at all, there is a benefit to having a stable or a sense of a stability for at least a period of time in your strategy. If your strategy was so agile that it was shifting every term, you would have problems because you wouldn't really be able to communicate to stakeholders how you want them to act. And so they would start over time to just ignore each new strategic direction as it's published each term or each year. And they just say, well, I'm just going to carry on doing what I do because there's there's too much change that's required of me. So there is a benefit to having a strategic plan because it does offer a stability to what your, your strategic thinking um, is focusing on. And it offers a, a, a really clear element of sign-off within the, the leadership team and the governance team, which can be very beneficial. The other benefit, the second benefit of a strategic plan is that it's a, a communications mechanism. It communicates your strategic thinking to your stakeholders. Now, the most important group that we're communicating that strategy to in terms of stakeholder groups is staff because our staff within our schools need to know what is important, what's being measured, what direction are we heading in as a team in order to then adjust their behaviour and the choices and the decisions that they're making. And in order for this to actually happen, having a strategic plan on the website or doing an inset training day speech about it at the beginning of every academic year isn't really enough because people will just ignore that. They won't really change their behaviours and decisions. What needs to happen is that strategy, which is communicated through your strategic plan, then flows through things like the continuing professional development plans for staff training, your annual action plans or development plans that every department is expected to, to develop and then to follow each year, The way that you conduct annual appraisals for staff um, and, if necessary, performance review and helping people to adjust their behaviours and their performance to, to be at the level that the school requires. All of these things should flow down from the decisions that you're making, which are around your strategy and the way that you're communicating those in your strategic plan. So it is really important that the staff understand your strategy and therefore can adjust their behaviour to deliver the strategy. And the strategic plan is a really helpful communications tool in order to enable that. It also then needs to be available for other stakeholders as well. So it often needs to be reinterpreted. So, for example, the marketing team would reinterpret the strategic plan for prospective parents. So best practice wouldn't be to just put the strategic plan on the website, but also for the marketing team to take those key messages from the strategic plan and weave them through all of the marketing communications that they're putting out. The fundraising team, the development office, needs to reinterpret that strategic plan for prospects. Again, just having the strategic plan isn't enough. It's also about helping people to understand why the fundraising projects that you're prioritising are critical to delivering that strategic plan. So it's being reinterpreted for those different stakeholders and having the strategic plan itself is a really helpful starting point to make sure there's some consistency to enable those leaders within the school to reinterpret the strategy for their particular stakeholder groups that they're communicating to. Okay, so we've talked about the two limitations of strategic plans, the employed rigidity that comes with them and the fact they tend to focus our attention on the public rather than the confidential elements of the strategy. We've talked about the two benefits, the fact that it ensures there's some level of agreement and some stability, which is important, and that it's a great way of communicating the strategy to key stakeholder groups. So I want to wrap up today by thinking about how we can use those thought processes, those limitations and those benefits to maximize the benefits and overcome the limitations. So first of all, overcoming this idea that because you have a strategic plan for three to five years, you have to rigidly stick to it. This is a bit of a mindset shift, really. It's an understanding, developing an understanding from governors, leadership teams, middle leaders, all the way through your stakeholder groups that this is the direction that you're heading but it might change over time and that's gonna be fine. It's not gonna change frequently. It's unlikely to change substantially in terms of a completely different direction, but it will ebb and flow and shift over time. And that's good, that's a good thing. So it isn't an admission of failure if things change, it is because you have reassessed the environment in which you're working, reassessed how things are going, and are making a valid tweak to your strategy. So there's a bit of a mindset shift there. The second way we can maximise the benefit of the strategic plan is don't forget those confidential elements, especially when you're thinking at governor level and senior leadership team level. The strategic plan is just one. It's like the tip of the iceberg. Everything else that needs to be in place might be confidential, but it needs to be there with regards to those elements of your business plan that need to be really solid. And then thirdly, you need to weave it through everything you do. You need to live and breathe your strategic plan. It isn't enough just to create a strategic plan, send it out to people, put it on the website and then have a look at it once a year when you're doing your kind of annual update speech. It isn't enough. Instead, what you want to be doing is weaving it through the experience that staff have in the school. So thinking about your training, your annual departmental development plans, appraisal meetings, all of these things need to be consistently cascading down from the priorities that you've set in your strategic plan and also in your confidential business planning processes as well. And then making sure that your leaders who are representing other stakeholder groups, who are key for communicating with those stakeholder groups, so for example, marketing and admissions, fundraising and so on, encouraging them to reinterpret the strategic plan for their audience. Obviously, it has to be consistent with the strategic plan, but finding ways in which you can pull out the key elements that that stakeholder group cares about and presenting it to those stakeholder groups in a way which are innovative and interesting and grab the attention of those groups to help communicate effectively how we're living and breathing our strategic plan. So I hope that's helpful. One of the things that I find when I'm working on strategy away days with governors and leadership teams is that there's a renewed emphasis on this as they're coming towards the end of their three or five year strategic plans. it currently is. And one of the ways that I work with those teams is to come and talk to them in their strategy away day about, yes, the strategic plan is important, but how we want to make sure we have the rest of that iceberg that sits under the surface, that confidential business planning needs to be robust as well. I normally book strategy away days about four to six months in advance so if you're interested in exploring working with me on a strategy away day please do get in touch early. Um, I often book up when people contact me with a month's notice I'm not often able to fit people in so please do contact me just at any point just have an exploratory discussion about how I might be able to help. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode and in the meantime have a strategic wee. I will talk to you next time. Bye bye then thanks for listening to the Independent School Podcast, the podcast that helps senior leaders in private schools to think and act more strategically, both because they want to secure the future of their school and because they want to help build a more equal and just world. You can listen in everywhere that podcasts are available, and if you want to catch up on previous episodes or follow any of the links that I've mentioned today, just head over to www. Dot consult Juliet dot co dot uk slash podcast.